Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey. Can you hear me okay on your end? Yeah, I can. Perfect. Okay. perfect. Yeah, so uh, getting ready. I just sent the link to uh, to Dre, so he should be joining us in a minute. Um, all right, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get going. All how's, right. Uh, how's your week been? It's been going well. It's been going well. I cannot complain. Um, but, again, whoever is out there listening, welcome back. This is another episode of Entropy. Today is exciting because we are adding a new factor of randomness into our conversations in the form of a new guest. Um, and so once he comes in, we'll go through introductions and we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, so one sec, I'm messaging him right now. Um, here we go. Yeah. I, uh, so I think I'll, I'll read off his bio off his website. I've mm-hmm. got sort of a question to maybe get us going, um, but then kind of improvise from there. Um, yeah. Like all of our episodes. <laughs> yep. Sounds good. So, yes, this will be our first guest on the podcast. This will be our first three way conversation. So I'm interested to see how we meld because sometimes you <laughs> sometimes me and you run over each other. And so, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be uh it'll be a nice experiment, and I mean, you know, um, we're definitely gonna fuck up, but that's part of the part of the process. So, hey, Dre, yo, yo, what's good? Hey, how's Welcome. it going? It's going. <laughs> just hanging out. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about how to work out this uh, three way conversation and not talk over one another, especially when we can't like see each other uh, visually, but. Uh, we're going to give this a go. Um, Dre, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read off your uh, your bio here on your website and uh, uh, introduce you. Uh, and uh, I mean, actually, I don't know. Uh, you guys, Brandon, you haven't, you know, formally, like, you want to maybe, Brandon, you want to introduce yourself to Dre uh, a little bit, like who you are, and and I'll read off uh, Dre's bio here. Oh, yeah, we'll do like a little, little icebreaker. So... Uh-huh. Hey, how's it going, Dre? My name is Brandon. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm a trainer in Philadelphia. I used to train Mike. Um, and then after he moved down to Austin, we wanted to keep the communication going. So we decided to make this podcast. Love it. Love it. All right. So, uh, okay, so here we go. So this is, uh, this is Dre. Dre was, is uh, from Toledo, Ohio. Yep. Uh, Adopted at a young age, grew up in a big family. In 2016, he was reunited with his biological mom and soon discovered he has over 50 siblings. That's wild. Um, Homeschool growing up, he picked up uh, his love of football, dance, and acrobatics. He later went on uh, to mascot dance and play football in college before graduating from uh, Moorhead State University in 2016. 2017, he began pursuing parkour and stuff in the stunt world, landing small gigs and music video cameos. And in 2018, he go on to represent Team USA on Netflix's Ultimate Beastmasters season three, which is uh, that's that's crazy. <laughs> uh, later in 2018, Dre was hit head on by a car going over 45 miles an hour after a stunt went wrong. He suffered life threatening injuries, including shattering his leg in seven pieces, and he was unable to walk. Uh, on his own for nine months a truly humbling experience but overcoming uh and coming back twice as strong um has been an empowering moment his positive positive attitude mindset first helped him gain his strength and then take his solo steps to get back to dancing and eventually throwing backflips again god turned his horrible situation into his sole motivation to become a life coach and help inspire others in life that is uh an incredible story uh and you're still incredibly young uh dre how old are you uh, i'm about to be 30 next month 30 next month okay yeah so uh that's again an incredible life already um so yeah i had i wrote down a few questions to kind of to to kick us off um uh brandon do you, you have any uh kind of thoughts and comments on uh on a crazy bio and maybe uh maybe go from there well this i so i was on the website on his instagram um and going through everything you you basically have lived more than people have 
in 50 <laughs> years. And so I have a few questions that I would like to ask, but I'll let uh, Mike go first just so we, so I can see the direction of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, dude, are you a superhero? Like <laughs> you have uh, gone through a lot and I just want to know how did you become who you are today? So um, yeah, let's get the questions rolling. All right. Yeah. So one of the things that wasn't really mentioned on the website is that uh, you do a lot of skydiving. Um, yep. Right. And I think almost immediately after kind of um, getting to know you a little bit, like, and, and stunts and everything, like, you seem fearless. So, uh, you know, that, that's sort of my, that's the thing I was most curious about and, and what I'd love to get into um, is like, what's your relationship with fear? Like, do you have, is that relationship unique? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, good. It, uh, it's crazy too, because when I was young, uh, when my brothers was, we used to push me on the swing and go super high, my heart would drop. But I would, I would hate it because I was scared, but I'd love it because it makes me feel alive. And I would just like, hey, push me on the swing. And then when they pushed me, I was like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. So it was like this love-hate relationship of like going really high and having my stomach drop. So I think that was like one of those things where I love that feeling, but I don't know if I, if I like it that much. And then growing up, you know, going on roller coasters and getting that same feeling like, oh, let's go again. And then when I'm up there, I'm like screwing my head off. Um, and then same thing with skydiving. Like when I got into it, like the first couple of jumps, I was like, uh, what am I doing? But then the more I did it, the more relaxed I got. So I would say it makes me feel alive. And like that is the most genuine feeling I can think of of anything that I do to where I'm like, OK, I can feel my body i feel myself being scared but i'm so excited i'm cheesing i'm laughing i'm happy having a good time so um right now it's more of a love hate relationship love more than hate but um it's definitely a nervous feeling until it happens and i'm like yes i love this feeling so Mm. that's kind of my relationship with it so um i mean there's some man i have some thoughts here uh so my one thought was like, it's almost like a, a high an addiction sort of like, Hey, um, Oh, I got this amazing experience. Now I need to push through and kind of get it again. I just heard a little beep there. Uh, Brandon, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. It looks like Dre might've, uh, lost connection now. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I'm like tabbed over to my questions here. So I don't quite see everybody connected. So we'll, we'll give us a second. Um, Brandon, what are your thoughts? Like, on, so on, on fear and, and kind of what Dre talked about, you know, the, the swing pushing into it. Yes. Great first question, because the one thing I was interested, what the, the one thing that was interesting to me is like, why skydiving? Like what made him go into that? And how was how were his first couple jumps? Because like for me, I'm afraid of heights, but mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I could skydive. if Someone got me up there and then just pushed me out. And so what I was interested in was, was his first couple jumps, like him fighting his own mind, or mm-hmm. was it just exhilarating throughout? Like, was he ever afraid of heights? Um, my relationship with fear is <sighs> interesting to say the least. I mean, you like to, you like to feel like, oh, as a man, you're not afraid of anything. Um, and so... I don't think I have ever deep dived into it and like, Oh, what am I afraid of? Like something's mm-hmm. giving me anxiety. Um, like I think we talked about one time because of like my upbringing, whenever I see like a group of individuals looking weird, like my heart will start pounding. So maybe that's right, right. a fear related response. Um, yeah. And that's something I wanted to kind of dive into with the sort of topic of fears that there's sort of, you know, the different types of fear. There's like the adrenaline, the heights, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just you and the obstacle. And of course, there's lots of other situations that you might get fearful of, like um, be it approaching women, approaching social situations, um, approaching strangers, um, all sorts of things like that, you know. Um, uh, welcome back, Dre. So hey, we're, welcome we're, back. We're, 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 just, we're, we're just going. We're going to improvise as we kind of as we okay. go along. So there's no there's no editing on this podcast. I love it. Love um, it. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, I heard I heard you guys talking about fear though, so I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still we're still kind of going with it. So, um, you know, you talked about like swinging, you know, those those high swings and and how it make you feel alive and, and you know you it was scary, but then you come back to it, 
It was scary, yeah. but then you come <laughs> back to it. And uh, Brandon mentioned, you know, his thoughts, like, you know, he's got a fear of heights. I have a fear of heights. Mm-hmm. Um, I've went skydiving once. Um, he, I overcame that first experience, right? Like, I got off the plane. Um, it was, I, I think I mentioned to you, Dre, it was a really nice once I got off the plane, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the fall, the fall felt amazing. Um, but I haven't had that pull to go back. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and similar, like growing up, like I get on those swings and like, you know, I do it mostly like, like I didn't want to, you know, be uncool and not go on the swings, yeah. but I wasn't eager to go back on. Right. And there's, so there's, there's something within you that has kept pushing you towards those edges. Um, and also there's sort of the before the accident and after the accident, but like, you know, maybe just focusing on the before. Yeah. I would, I would try to, um, summarize it as best I can. Cause it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like a tree. It's got a lot of branches. So, um, <clears throat> I try not to get off topic, but basically, uh, the biggest reason is, uh, life's, life's short, you know, and, um, in my, in my accident, I had about seven, eight surgeries and, you know, before you go under, before they put you under, you're just sitting in the room, just staring at the ceiling. And, you know, each time I would just, you know, reflect on like, dang, I can't walk, can't flip, can't wait till I get better. You know, all these thoughts of like, ah, I can't wait till I can do X, Y, Z. And I think one of the last surgeries I told myself, if I can recover from this, I'm just going to start doing everything I've always wanted to do. And I looked on my notes and my phone and Scott Evan was one of those things. And like, I've always said, yeah, I want to go, but maybe one of these days. And I kept saying one of these days. And if you keep saying that you're going to blink and be like 50 and you know, the accident, you know, kind of woke me up and was like, there's no such thing as a perfect day, perfect opportunity. You make that opportunity. And so though my doctor gave me a, a full recovery on a Wednesday, I went skydiving on Saturday to celebrate and Yes, I was nervous, but I was I had so much adrenaline because I just I just overcame this 14 month accident, and you know I'm flipping, I'm walking, I'm running, and so yes, I got that nervous feeling, but it was like a 90 10 ratio. I was just like so pumped up, so excited, I was cheesing the whole time. Um, then once I landed, and I started sharing my story about like skydiving, and I just realized that so many other people have always said the same things I was saying, like, oh, yeah, I want to go one of these days. And I was like, oh, just do it. You know what I'm saying? Let's go next week. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then uh, my second tandem, my uh, instructor was like, hey, if you want to get your license, you know, follow this sheet, you know, sign up, whatever. And I was like, why not? And so it was kind of just like things just kept rolling and rolling. And I had that mindset of like, you know, life's too short. I'm technically on my second life. <laughs> I almost died. And here I am getting a second chance. I got an opportunity to skydive and love it. <laughs> so that's kind of it in a nutshell. It sounds like that accident made you more fearless, exactly. more fearful. It did. Now, uh, just a question about the skydiving. Um, so after your accident, you start st- skydiving. Was yep. there anyone in your life that said, hey, man, maybe you need to slow down? Like, hey, you just like um you just <laughs> cheated death so to speak like yeah. why are we going and doing something so dangerous um was was there anyone like that in your life or did you have that mindset uh i personally didn't i was go 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 and i feel like the people around me the close people they know who i am and i'm, I'm gonna do what i'm gonna do my mm-hmm. mom like she she'll put it in her two cents but she knows that at the end of the day Dre's going to jump out of the plane. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say people didn't say that, but it was kind of just, it just bounced off me. I was like, cool. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Cause like yeah, I, I had that high, you know, of like, dang, I just overcame this crazy accident. Like what? I'm just going to sit and watch Netflix all day and just wish I could skydive. Like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. I was going to say with, with so many different siblings, like not to have somebody like really pressure you into being like, Hey, love you so much. Like you gotta, you gotta chill. Nah, I chilled for 14 months. <laughs> chilled recovering and stuff. That was my chilling. <laughs> mm. well, now, go ahead, Brent. so what, where do so, okay. So you were fearless as a child. You're mm-hmm. even more fearless now. Oh yeah. When you were going through this ordeal, where did you draw the strength from? Like, were you all 
do you feel like uh, let's talk so we talk about uh being mentally tough a lot yep. do you feel like you were always mentally tough or like hey this is something you built up while you were recovering like what allowed you to persevere yeah i i would say that my life leading up made me mentally tough and then that just like amplified it so for example um you always hear um the statistic well we always hear the statistics of homeschoolers you know going to college and like graduating mm-hmm. um, the statistics of foster kids um graduating and you know like making something of their life you know the statistics of being in a big family and you know like being a somebody and then i had multiple of my siblings older siblings you know get locked up or get in trouble with the police so like there was always this like oh you're just about to become another number so mm-hmm. that growing up i was like no i'm not gonna do that and then college football you know i walked on having no high school experience i was the underdog went to tryouts twice finally made it didn't get any playing time till my senior year but i was the the badass in practice just like hustling 110 miles an hour everyone's like why is he going so hard it's like because <laughs> this is my chance you know what i'm saying so finally got playing time to let my senior year and so that was like yes i did it and then um after that, I went on to Netflix. I was the underdog in that whole situation. Just being able to show my family, like, hey, I made it. You know what I'm saying? And then this accident, uh, everybody was saying, oh, you won't be able to walk again, flip again, all these things. And it was just ammo. I was like, yes, keep saying it. Keep saying it. Because I know what happens if I give up. I'm going to be in a wheelchair. I'm going to be on crutches. But I want to see what happens if I just go 110 miles an hour and then overcome. And that's what I did. And then you know, recovering from it just catapulted me getting into skydiving, cliff jumping, fitness competitions, all that stuff. Man, I have so many questions off of that. Um, <laughs> so you you said your environment kind of, you know, propelled you. Do you have any siblings that are very similar to you? Uh, I mean, I think I want to say no in the fact of like, like skydiving and stuff like that crazy stuff um they all you know do their own thing you know they're definitely like dang you inspire me you motivate me but like as far as actually doing it and not really um i did have a brother that um was kind of with me athletically growing up and i was about 14 he was about 17 18 and then he started smoking cigarettes and he just like fell off like hard and like everybody some people can smoke and just like be awesome but like for him, he just fell off hard, and, like, I couldn't work out with him. I couldn't play ball with him. He'd just get tired. And so as a 14-year-old, you see that, and you're like, oh, I'm never, never touching a cigarette in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, um, I would say, you know, if he never touched a cigarette and his body didn't react the, the way it did, he probably could have been just as athletic. But as a 14-year-old, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not touching cigarettes. <laughs> Do you, do you have any hero or anybody that you look up to, or does it all come from inside you? Oh, yeah. So the, to piggyback on that first question about, like, where my inspiration came from, uh, I really got into reading books, watching podcasts, uh, listening to podcasts, watching motiva- motivational videos. And the two people that stick out to me was uh, Tim Tebow. He's always been somebody I've always watched growing up, even before my accident. But during my accident, I discovered David Goggins, and, like, that's – I would say he was the main anchor of why I just refused to give up. Yeah, I think that <laughs> resonates with both me and Brandon. <laughs> um, Brandon, any uh, any thoughts, follow-ups? I have like other questions, but I want uh, you... yeah, to try to. Yeah, I'm trying to collect my thoughts for a question right now, so you can uh, continue on. All right, so. Um... All right, like, I want to kind of go back to maybe, like, just the subject of fear a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where I'd like to get to with this is is ultimately, you know, general advice, like, what we can learn from you Mm -hmm. within within our own lives and, and how to manage fear how to know when to push away from fear like fear mm-hmm. is there for a reason right yeah um, and yet like the i haven't i don't have any tattoos at the moment but i you know i mentioned this before like the one tattoo that i heavily lean on is like fear is a liar um yeah it's something i personally struggled with like knowing you know you know people talk especially here in austin people talk a lot about like listen to your body listen to your body you know yeah. your body knows but like i'm like no nah, I, I don't 
you know, like <laughs> yeah. Goggins doesn't listen to his body. Like <laughs> you, you, you tell it what to do. Exactly. So how, you know, like how do you navigate that and how do you, how do you, let, let's say you have someone, you know, like a younger person looking up to you, you know, how do you provide them with that perspective around fear yeah, but you know, not jeopardize their life or whatever. You know, like, what, yeah. what does that look like? Well, there was there's there was a thing that I learned during parkour that uh, you see people do like crazy jumps off buildings and insane drops, and you're like, how do they do that? And one of my trainers, like we used to train every now and then, he taught me <clears throat> before you even like do a big jump, let's say building to building, think about when you did that without the gap. So let's say you're on the ground. And you just do a broad jump or a precision jump and it's, I don't know, five feet. Then you visualize that even though it's five feet still, but there's a, there's a drop, obviously building to building. Um, if you can think about the time you've already done this and completed it, that drop means nothing. And so then when you get up to that building, you're like, oh, I did this jump, same jump in the gym and I like surpassed it. Then you do the jump. And then for you, it's like, oh, that's easy. But all your friends are like, oh my God, I do that. But it was all, all mental. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, uh, I always reflect back on, like, when have I done something similar to this? Whether it was the same exact thing or something, you know, like um, a little bit different. But it's where, have, where have I already done this? Um, and that usually catapults me to, like, overcome it. But then for something like uh, like my accident, I've never <laughs> broken a bone. But I think the fact that I know what happens when people get hurt and, you know, they don't recover. Like that was already in the back of my head. Like I'm probably just going to be in a wheelchair on crutches and that mentality of like, I want to see what happens because I haven't seen it before. I want to see what happens or I haven't done it before. I want to see what happens if I give 110% and overcome and just like stay tunnel vision and just like do the best I can. Um, So I always think about like scenarios I've already done. And if I haven't done it before, um, there's a re- there's something in you that already tells you you're probably going to fail at this. But then you just try to overcome it or like try to see what happens if you don't fail, if that makes sense. So it's a lot of mental struggle, pretty much, uh, to answer your question. But um, it's 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 not easy. It's, it's one mm-hmm. thing like you just got to like build up, you know, like I always tell my clients, you know, like small hinges open big doors like you have this big goal, this big dream. But if you don't start small, it's never going to happen. Okay, so, so I, I'm going to hop in real quick. So uh, just because we talked about the um, accident again. Um, now, let's do a what if series. Let's say we never got into this accident. Do yep. you feel like your life's trajectory would have followed the same route? Like, would you have always been more and more, um, more thrills or would you have like, how would you be different if you didn't go through your ordeal? Like, have you ever yeah. thought about that? I have. I haven't dove super deep, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm open to diving deep. <laughs> but I think the, the first thing that I have that I think about is everything I've done since my accident and everything I wish I would have done before my accident. So, like, for example, Scott, I've been like, I always just kept putting it off. I could could have done it, but I just kept putting it off. Um, the whole accident, the stunt was for me to get into uh, Marvel Live, which was the biggest stunt show in the United States. And now I have friends that I know have done it and have branched off into Hollywood and stuff like that. So, I mean, just thinking about it, I would assume that maybe I'd get the part and mm-hmm. then do that for a couple of years and then maybe start getting into big stunt roles. So I don't think I would be as mentally tough as I am now. I would still be, you know, athletic and physically tough, but I think like I, I, in a way I needed this accident to unlock some potential that I never thought I had. Yes. And that's the weird thing about injuries. Like in my line of work as a personal trainer, I have, or just someone who loves to live, I have had multiple injuries, not as gruesome, um, but like I have had a back injury. I have had knee injuries, shoulders, and every time you get injured, it's a chance for you to be creative in terms of like learning new things to still live a normal life. And so all my injuries, I always have expertise when I meet other clients who are like, Oh, my background. I'm like, got you. I used to have a back injury. (laughs) We're going to do this. We're going to fix it this way. Um, And so I feel like in the, 
and when these injuries happen, you're like, oh my God, I'm stupid. Why would I even do this? Yep. But then after time passes, if you are resilient enough, if you learn the right things, you're like, that injury or that event in my life may have improved me in some way. Like I can now, yep. um, my output is great. I can now help people, things like yep. that. Definitely. Definitely agree. I've, um, you come from a big family, right? Yep. Um, do you want to have a family of your own one day? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think the big, <laughs> the biggest thing right now is like focusing on myself and who I want to be, uh, as a father, you know, as a husband, as a boyfriend. And, um, like I'm very picky when I date, and I'm very patient, you know, <laughs> so like I'll have girls like, yeah, um, are we going to like take the next step? And I'm like, ah, I'm still still figuring you out. You know what I'm saying? I'm not quick to like meet somebody and then just start dating. It's probably going to take three, three months, six months, whatever. And a lot of women get impatient, which is totally fine. But um, I know that um, I know that my partner or I want my partner to be like locked into like a vision. It's not like your side, my side. And so until I find that, I'm not I'm not going to like stress it. But uh, to answer your question, I definitely want a family. But uh, it's not a priority right now. So I had a follow-up question, but I um, like now that you just mentioned that, maybe a different one. Is it a vision that the two of you will form together? Or is it a vision that you've already kind of locked in on and you're looking for a partner to um, have the same vision? Yeah, so I would say uh, it's like a pie. <laughs> so my half is locked in. Like I have some non-negotiables. I have some things that I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna accept in a partner. Like if if you're this way and that's my non-negotiable, then awesome. You can be for somebody else, just not for me. So yes, I have my half of the pie locked in, and then when I meet that partner, we're gonna have to like figure it out. But um. I, I mean, my side, I already know who I want to be and I, what I want for my, my family um, and what I'm looking for in a partner. And then she's going to have her non-negotiables and we're going to have to communicate about that. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, I know I know my like three or five non-negotiables, like everything else is kind of wishy-washy. But like if you don't meet those five, then you're just going to be a friend. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'd love to hear them. But can we kind of <laughs> jump into my quick follow up and I'll, I'll, I'll shut up for a second here? Um, like, do you feel like you said you want a family, right? But do you feel like yeah. when that family comes, you know, you might need to put your wings down? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because because you're like you got to stay alive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you gotta you gotta be there. Um, kind of maybe traditional roles or whatever, but yeah. like you gotta be there. So like, is that a different kind of fear? Um, not really. Um, I, it's one of those things that when you cross that when you get to that bridge you'll cross it or whatever that saying is <laughs> i'll cross that bridge when i get there um but i know i want to be in my kids life so like i, I want to teach them you know the, the the importance of being healthy and being fit like they don't have to work out skydive but you know they're we're gonna me and my wife i would hope they are going to uh display an active lifestyle so they're gonna see it they're gonna okay mom and dad are riding a bike today you know like it's okay to go on a little jog you know what i'm saying so um, I, I do want to be in my, my, my kid's life, but I also want to show them, oh, dad likes to jump out of planes, you know, <laughs> dad likes to do fitness competitions. So I'm not going to shy away from that. Um, it's definitely going to pull back while they're still, you know, growing. But once they get to that age where they can make decisions for themselves and stuff, like let's, let's have fun, you know? Yeah. And that's, um, uh, I know Brandon and I, when we kind of went on a walk, we talked, I mean, I, I think about family all the time. It's the thing that I'm like searching for the most yeah. and my priority for the last couple of years. Um, and I'm constantly thinking about like, you know, am I compromising? Am I sacrificing anything for, for that while, you know, doing the things I love? Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon, I want to make some space for you, man. If uh, so... you have a yeah i'll hop in um with a question for dre that will kind of still have pieces of everything we just talked about um so when looking at your life do you look at it as like oh like i'm leveling up like i need to hit these goals first before i can move on to my next objective so like 
right now you are tr- you're trying to skydive in every single state. Yep. What happens once you hit the end of that journey? Can you move on to the next thing? And is that when family starts? Or is it more like hey, when it comes, it'll come, but I'm not worried about it? Or like, do you have to hit certain landmarks first? That's what I'm asking. Gotcha. Like, how do you view the age matter? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So um, there's definitely landmarks. I would say it's not really like skydiving. So let's say, for example, I meet my future wife tomorrow and um, she's like, yeah, you should stop skydiving, whatever. We have a kid. Um, I'm not going to be like, oh, I got to skydive. It's not like that. It's more like um, the lifestyle. So if I were to have a kid right now, I'm probably not going to be as present as I can be because there's still a lot of like things that I'm figuring out, whether it's like financially, like time management, like mm-hmm. be who I need to be as a father. <clears throat> like I'm going to be like a type of that comes home late. Like that's going to be my lifestyle if I had a kid tomorrow. Um, so for me, I'm like, I don't want that. And so like, I want to make sure that my time management is scheduled. My, uh, finances are in order so that when I have a kid, I'm there, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? I have residual income or passive income that's already making money for itself. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to like spend hours, like have to coaching clients and stuff like that. So it's more of like setting up my life to welcome a family. And so if I meet my ideal wife, tomorrow we're probably going to date for a while <laughs> until i hit that and like whether she wants to accept it or not like i've had women like oh this is taking too long which is totally fine but like i i know who i want to be and i'm not gonna like half-ass a work relationship or like be non-existent in my kid's life like i don't want that mm-hmm. from my point of view that's the right approach i i want to if you can say no to this right but like um i'm curious what your non-negotiables are i'm curious <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I actually I haven't pulled up, but uh, I have to uh, look at my notes real quick. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. So uh, while he got some non-negotiables, that, I was about to say while he reconnects, let's talk about our non-negotiables. Um, yeah. Okay, so. This is an interesting question because I have never thought about it deeply. Like, I tend to think that I'm very uh, low maintenance. Like, I don't require much to be happy. Um, And so if I had to hard non-negotiables, things that I would say, like, oh, we cannot be together because of X, Y, Z. trying to think what irritates me like what what things i just can't deal with mm. if you'd like i can jump in yeah I, jump I, jump yeah. in with yours and then because what i yeah. what i'm worried about is like maybe i say something that's like like oh she 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 like eats ketchup on her cheesesteaks is that a non-negotiable <laughs> like i like it needs to maybe. be yeah it needs to be like i i, I don't want to make my non-negotiables like not as important as you guys so um let me hear what you have to say and then i'll see all if, right, all right. yeah so yeah Dre, welcome back welcome back, hey, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> i guess we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump in with some of our non-negotiables and then you know um you share yours um i you know i think i don't think i personally have a particular type although that is getting more and more refined over time um mm-hmm. I've made a list of values, a list of things that I absolutely need, like a list of six things or whatever, right? Like aligning against those and then things should be good in theory. Um, the thing at the very top for me is, um, you know, I need to feel like loved. I need the, that like attention, attention from the woman. And cause I, I know that naturally I tend to, uh, people please. And I tend to kind of lean on that. And, and so I need to, I need to have that in my life. I need to know that I'm loved, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm working on healing that abandonment wound and all of that. And, and I'll get there maybe this year, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's sort of at the top. Um, yeah. The other, the other things, and I do have a notes file as well. Uh, and I'm trying not to bring it up. I'm trying to go, kind of go off memory here, but um for me, I think that sense of adventure is important. Um, I think what I really want in my partner is to kind of 
see life through a similar lens as me. Like that doesn't have to be perfect, but it's got to be interesting. Like I am not good with uh, complacency or stagnation, you know, and I want to make sure that there's like this sort of aligned vision. Um, and, and I want femininity. Like those are, those are some of the, you know, top, top things for me, but uh, yeah. there's, there's more, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll keep it at that. Yeah, there's definitely, um, there's a list. I mean, there's, I feel like there's a couple that are very hardcore. And the first one is um, like just being healthy and fit in the sense of like, uh, I love fitness competitions. You know, I love like running. I love running my dog. <laughs> I love just like being active and I want to, um, I want to expose my kids to that. You know what I'm saying? So like if it's dad's going on run and mom's not doing anything, like, I don't want that, like, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I want an active lifestyle with my family you know, for us to do things together as a group and just, you know, preach, you know, like the importance of like nutrition and like just moving your body. I feel like that's one of the things that clicks when I think of my ideal wife. Um, and then, like you said, uh, Michael, uh, femininity, just like um, that. I have a, a traditional mindset and a lot of things as far as like, you know, wanting to protect and provide and like wanting to make sure that, you know, like my family sees me as like, Oh dad, how do I do this? Or dad, how do I do that? I want to, I want that. You know what I'm saying? Like whether she, she can hold responsibilities in certain areas, that's totally fine. But, um, one of the things I was telling my friends the other day, I was like, um, sometimes like when guys are like, um, dating, like super like masculine women and like, you always hear like, Oh, he's intimidating. It's like, no, like we just, sometimes we just love providing, you know what I'm saying? It feels good to us, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, we might tell our wife, you look good without makeup, but she'll put it on anyways because she likes it, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we like mm-hmm. providing, we like paying for dates sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's just what it is sometimes. Um, so I, I like the fact that I can have somebody that supports me or somebody that's, like, very nurturing to, like, our kids, pets, whatever. Um, and there's just not always um, a headache. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my, my, uh, uh, Dre, I don't know if I told you I was married before and, mm-hmm. and that, and that ended. And, um, and there's, you know, the reason for that is that I wanted a family and she didn't. And that's yeah. kind of like the simple, simple explanation. But like one of the things, you know, kind of, you know, reflecting back, the thing that was always very difficult for me is that I also kind of come from that traditional, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you watch your parents, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I also didn't want to have the same relationship as my parents. So I like, I, I oversteered in the other direction and yep. I gave up a lot of, like, I didn't set boundaries and I yep. didn't, and, and like, you know, I was, baby, what do you need? Baby, how can I make you happy? Like yeah. that, that was sort of the, the, the narrative. And, and uh, I didn't feel like I had control over my life and that certainly didn't make me happy. And, you know, I, I want my partner to shine, like yeah. without a doubt. I don't want to be a limit on on her freedom, but I want to be needed in some way. Yeah, right. I want to be. I want someone to come to me to for help. Fucking make shit up, but like exactly. ask me. <laughs> and uh, real quick, my my mentor he told me something uh, the other day. He was said. Um, Wait, what did he say? Come back to me. <laughs> Come back to me. I Brandon, what he said. What are your, uh... Uh, I'll, I'll go over my non-negotiables. So, hmm, okay. So those are what non-negotiables are. All right. So, yes. Mm, uh, again, I'm so low maintenance, but I... You're also if, in a relationship right now, so... Like... Yes. <laughs> True. And, and I'm pretty happy. Like, so... I believe that the person should be caring. Yeah. Like they are into you. Like you don't have to fight for their affection, yeah. Yeah. Um, their attention, this, their interest. Like they should have interest in your things, um, be it real or fake, I guess. Like maybe because like you can't expect everyone to like everything you like, but you hope they understand. At least give it yeah. effort. Um, let's see. Fitness is definitely important to me. Um, and so. I love to lift, so I would love someone who loves to lift too. And yeah. so my girlfriend likes to lift, so that's good. Um, and then that third one would be 
I don't know. Maybe I only have two non-negotiables. <laughs> I mean, I think for a lot of things that, you know, most of us are flexible. I think that we also change. I also just remembered what one of those values that I need to be very aligned with. And I kind of mentioned it with adventure, but growth, like, like I think kind of expect your partner to change in some way, not be static. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've you had know, so many po- podcasts around relationships. I, so it's the whole topic. If I put my third one in there, that person has to be reasonable. I'm very mm. like logical when, when it comes to like issues and thinking about things. And so whenever I run into someone who isn't as logical, they maybe react to things more emotionally. It's sometimes hard for me to connect with that person because yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? Why are we <laughs> acting like this? When it's just like, let's, there's a certain logical path we could think about. Man, that's um, so funny yeah. that you say that because I've been leaning in the opposite direction. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I... very, I'm very spocky. <laughs> I mean, I'm very, I'm very logical as well. And I think that's why we, you know, we, we, we get along so well, like everything can be worked out to a plan. There's always, there's always seems to be like an obvious answer to things and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but like one of the things I've learned um, is that I'm also, because I've leaned so much on my like logical brain, I'm not very good at like feeling things out. Mm-hmm. Like, my brain tells me what to do and I do that thing. Um and that's sort of that, you know, again, being in Austin, it's a very kind of hippie culture here. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I am um, recognizing that what I want is polarity in my relationship, like someone who can mm-hmm. help uh, provide that kind of internal wisdom that like, I don't know, like the, the feminine has that it isn't available to me, or probably won't ever be available to me in the same capacity. Now, ultimately, I want to make the choice. But that was, you know. That- yeah. That was exactly what I, what I was going to say about my mentor. <laughs> Finally figured it out. But uh, he said the one thing about women that he loves is they're not men. <laughs> and the fact that, like, there's certain things that they're so much better at us. Uh, they're so much better at than us. And then vice versa. And so I, it's like yin and yang. And so, like, I want to meet like, my, my equal in that in that aspect of, like, I want to see somebody that can, like, help me see the things I can't see or the things that I lack and like actually push me to grow because I'm not perfect, obviously, <laughs> but like, and there's some things I'm awesome at and some things that I need help with. And, you know, I hope that she can be that catapult for the things I'm lacking and vice versa, like yin and yang. <clears throat> we, we touched on this a, a little bit before Mike, uh, about how uh, feminine and masculine is a spectrum. And the mm-hmm. best couples, um, they're they're on like the same side of the spectrum. Yeah, equal distance from yes, the center. E- yeah. Yes, equal distance from the center. So like they act as your other half. Your mm-hmm. other half in the same like intensity, but just in the feminine or masculine energy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think that that still makes sense to me. And I'm not, you know, all the way a hundred percent on the masculine side, but I definitely steer more. In, in that direction and therefore like that's what I need balance of mm-hmm. and I think people that are um, you know uh, kind of more central probably need someone else who's also more central mm-hmm. but I don't know I don't know if that truly holds but that's a you know that's a theory tune in next week for dating tips <laughs> yep, yep. so I, w- I have another question about uh, kids um so you had, a, you had a homeschool experience. Uh, I have not. I don't know what that's like, but I've certainly met a lot of people who have been homeschooled. They're mm-hmm. cool. They're fine. There's no whatever. I did like my public education, though. I like the sort of diversity of people I got to interact with. Um, if you have kids, would you homeschool them? Uh, me? Uh, the way the world's going? Probably. <laughs> okay. You want to you yeah. want to talk a little bit about your uh, homeschooling experience and like what you're what you're thinking around homeschooling your kids yeah. in this um, in this wild world that we live in. Yeah, definitely. I think the main thing is like you're able to um, teach your kids the values that you you want. That could be a positive or a negative thing, but I feel like nowadays, um, you know, like schools are practically raising most kids. You know what I'm saying? Like parents will say one thing and then they go to school and they're like, oh. I learned something else and I believe in this and which is totally fine if it's right. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I think um, I'm not just going to put the the growth or 
and uh, the knowledge of my kids in the hands of somebody else that I don't think aligns with my values. And that's just going to butt heads when we go back home. You know what I'm saying? I, I expect them to challenge me. I expect them to ask questions. Like, I'm going to give them my answer. I might not know the answer. I might I might know the answer. But um, if I can at least um, put that first first force field before they go out into the world, that's kind of my, my uh, vision for homeschooling. Um, do you think you could do both? Do you think you could provide that, like, education in it next to, uh, you know, um, Next to say like a public school system, uh, my, to push back. Um, I apologize to like talk over you for a sec here, but to push back a little bit, like it was the diversity of. It's like how do you get your kids to interact with kids that are unexpected, right? Yeah, yeah. Dif- different social economic statuses, different you know. Yeah. Uh, different everything. So, I'm not gonna homeschool them in the sense of sheltering them. <laughs> so, uh, like as far as like. Um, uh, sports or like um, community events like they're going to be out there um, just in the perfect world how I envision it is the the edu- educational part if I'm financially stable to where I can be at home or my wife can be at home uh, we're going to use that to our advantage like why would I just be at home and then send them to school I feel like if I'm going to be home more in their life I can you know teach them knowledge about certain things um, then I also I see the benefit that I got from homeschooling like there was definitely cons but uh the main thing was like i would get done with school from eight to 12 like that was my window and then from 12 whatever i would do football football drills i work out watch my Mm -hmm. favorite tv shows like we had the whole day ahead of us and if we got done in an hour that was even better so like um i could see that benefit and i i want my kids to experience that and not just be confined to nine hours of whatever eight hours of like being in school um there's definitely positives about public school but um i mean you asked me what i prefer and i would say homeschooling interesting brandon do you have any thoughts uh formulating the question right now uh so if you could go on i'll just uh, listen in the back yeah i mean i um i think i like the idea of uh, like there's a book I read, uh, Iron John. I'm actually staring right at it, um, and uh, I'm not gonna like touch too much about like Iron John specifically, but yeah, uh, one of the things that it talked about in the book is how there's a big mistrust towards uh, society at large that like especially young men develop because um, they effectively like it translates to having a mistrust of your father because you don't see your father yeah. a lot, right? Like that. Back back in the day, you would take your kid to you know boys would go with the men, girls would go with their uh, with the women, and you do the things that you do, right? You're like, hey, we're gonna go hunting together. Hey, we're gonna go work. You know what I mean? And and of course that changed a lot during like the industrial uh, revolution, and yeah, and, you know the, the the father was gone and he was still providing, but there was this disconnect like you just never see him, um, and so. You know, that really stuck with me. Like, you know, I love going into, I love going to the office. I love that kind of closing the door behind me feeling. But I know that one of the things that very much drives me is the, like, the, the autonomy of being at home, you know, either working from home or having, like, that's what I wanted. I, like, ideally, I don't even have to work for those first couple of years or for a few, like, occasionally. You know what I mean? Like, I can yeah. just focus on raising a kid. I agree with all of that, very much so. Here's just a little like tangential thing there, though. Um, you have your own personal ambitions, right? Like there, there, there's family, but like when I think about family, I want to raise, fam- I want to not lose myself too much, you know? Like I want to have a, cho- like everything's a choice. Um, same thing for my wife. I want her to have her life and not just have her personality be defined by her kids and so on. And for me, like, I think it's, it is ambition and it will probably continue to be ambition to some extent. So where I'm going with this is like, how do you leverage your time exactly? Right. Um, do you take your kid along through your ambitious adventures I mean, don't you have to sometimes lock the door behind you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so whenever you ask these questions that hasn't happened yet, I'm thinking about 
a perfect world, how everything will just make sense. Um, so the way I think about it is um, I would probably homeschool them till the middle age school uh, years. And then from there, we'll introduce, you know, the conversation about, hey, is this something you want to continue doing or do you want to go the high school route? Because uh, maybe they might take an interest in like competing in soccer or volleyball or football and it's like okay well maybe they might need to go to high school or try to join a a league or whatever so um ideally i think i would definitely homeschool them till they're you know middle school ish age and then we'll introduce that conversation but um i would say it would be like um maybe like a 50 50 switch between me and my partner just like um i don't know once a week, yeah, uh, you do it this week, I do it this week, or you hand them the test, and as they need help with homework, then I'll help them, or vice versa. Um, I I definitely feel like there's going to be times where I'm like, ah, I need space, you know, close the door, um, and she's probably going to feel the same way, but I think in the long run, it's going to be more beneficial for us to, like, work out a plan to make, you know, make them more uh, knowledgeable. Now, I, uh, uh, <laughs> if you don't mind me jumping in real quick, Mike. Um, now, speaking on like the knowledge you're trying to provide these ch- kids, what are the core values you hope to teach them? Like, yeah. so you're homeschooling them. Is it yeah. basically like just regular math and and like vocabulary, or are you hoping to instill like some view on life too? Like, how would you? Oh, definitely. What are, what's important to you? Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, morals and like uh, you know the respect, honesty integrity all that stuff um Mm. i think uh one of my side jobs right now is i'm a mascot for um a touring company in the united states and uh we go to different schools and churches and we teach the basics of um you know respect and pick up Mm. a track that isn't yours yes yes and you know all that stuff and like it has nothing to do with one plus one equals two so Mm. they're gonna get that but they're also gonna get life lessons you know they're also gonna get like uh maybe allowance lessons like uh you want to buy that? You got to work for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Just like stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be real life stuff, but then it's also going to be at school. And now, now that I think about it, I think it would probably be split that way. So maybe like my wife will do the schooling part and then I'll do the real life and then we'll switch on and off. Something like that to where they're getting both. Yes, because there, there's always this joke on the internet like, oh, school didn't teach me how to do taxes. Like it, it yeah. taught me a bunch of random knowledge. Exactly. And so if you're in a position to teach a child, it's like, well, what's important? Like, yeah, yeah, math and things like that. But how? What else do you steer them into? Because yep. the thing about like, I I didn't ho- I didn't go to homeschool. Like, I went to a regular school, and like, I learned my education. But then I also learned a lot of weird social cues from like being around other kids. Yep. And some of those social cues were good. Some of them were bad. Um, yep. And and when you have the control over that, it's like, well, what do you steer your kids to? Like, what do you mm-hmm. what what important knowledge do you impart that should set them up better in their later life exactly and, you know, like, um, go ahead I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna lean into i know that you're still very much in like what if future scenario etc obviously like none of us is is set in, in stone and maybe you haven't thought about it but like you've, you've touched on fitness and how important fitness is mm-hmm. you know for you and your partner and you know your your kids and so on curious if you had a girl what would be different same thing <laughs> we're gonna be in fitness okay. would you push um, would you push her as hard or would you be like you're you, like save save it yeah you know, uh, like yeah like i've thought about this for myself and i know that i'm just honest with myself i'd yeah, probably yeah. have a little bit of a harder time like if if my little girl starts crying like i don't know what to do yeah for sure um so i i think back to my clients um and i give them the same energy male or female whether it's you know they're trying to gain more confidence in life um they need um uh, whatever they need i feel like I, I i usually coach typically coach the same way i'm tough love and some like it some don't but hey that's what it is so um for my daughter i i think or i would hope that i can be the tough love part and then maybe my wife will be the the logical or vice versa i don't know but uh, i'm i'm definitely know that she's going to get the same energy <laughs> If she wants to go the sports route, because like we're not we're not gonna half ass it if we're paying for your soccer, you know, like uh, program or whatever. Like we're not gonna half ass it if we're 
paying yeah. for your volleyball, whatever. Like, if you want to do it, let's do it. If you don't want to do it, let's find something else. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I can, I can, I've got a little transition here, but uh, maybe uh, I'll kind of back away for a sec. And, uh, you know, both of you guys have been heavily involved in fitness. Like, I'm just kind of curious um, what, you know, Brandon, uh, Dre, what both of you have, like, what are some of those, like, big lessons you've taken away from fitness? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you try to teach your clients? What, uh, mm. where are you at today in your own fitness journeys? Like, that kind of thing, so. I'll start because I have a good one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I try to teach my clients is, and and it, and it carries over into real life, too. It's like, uh, things take time. A lot of times people think like, okay, I have this goal in mind. I'll work out for like a week or a month and I should be there. Like they don't, they don't understand the scale on which to view these goals. They think that, oh, I I can get there in like what, two months if I work hard. And it's like, let's expand that out. Like, let's think about doing this work for a year and being okay with that. Not thinking that like Rome needs to be built overnight. Um, so what I try to tell my clients is like, hey, slow down and enjoy the journey, because once you start enjoying it, then it becomes easy. You don't really worry about the time that you're spending on it anymore. Um, if you're constantly thinking about, like, when will I get there? When will I get there? Um, sometimes you get burnt out or you're you're micromanaging your results. and You're like, I'm probably not doing enough. Like, I'm not I'm not where I want to be. And it's just it's discouraging. It's tiring to always yeah. be um, just hyper focusing so hard i guess mm-hmm. yeah i uh i like that i i really like one of um david goggins quotes is when you're tired you're only 40 percent done and you can put that into a fitness composition you can put that into you know your business your career or whatever and that really just like sets the tone for any time someone's pr in anytime someone's doing a marathon half marathon or training with me we're doing an intense workout like <laughs> i don't know i feel like sometimes i just i i channel that inner david goggins and just like go 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 <laughs> and then you know we reflect and you know like most of the time they hate me when i'm saying it but then maybe it's a text the next day like hey i needed that or once we're done and we're stretching then they'll say thank you so much because if you weren't here i wouldn't have done it you know what i'm saying um, so that's where like I I really just like hold true to the tough love part because like some people need it some people don't respond well but some people need it and uh, I I I think about like your friends you know like who you surround yourself with if you don't have friends that are gonna tell you how it is like you're probably never gonna reach your potential and so I like uh, I'm a life coach first and then fitness second so I'm always life coaching my clients <laughs> um, but. Uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything. That's kind of like the lesson. If you're going to half-ass it in the gym, there's somewhere on your else in your life, you're probably half-assing it. And I kind of try to re- reflect that um, on their workout. I'm like, okay, well, what else are you half-assing? And they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, because you're not even like giving your all. Like what else in your life are you half-assing? And typically I can find it out after asking the right questions. Um, so how you do one thing is how you do everything is kind of like, the summary of it (laughs) motto is there a is there a spark in someone's eye like is there a way that you can kind of tell that you can push them more uh yeah so i have a rule when um (laughs) when when working out usually like if we're doing like um i don't know like uh amrap or like a pr whatever if they if they can have a conversation with me (laughs) while they're doing it they're, they're not pushing themselves hard enough or they're not making like a stank face and so, like, they'll they'll make, like, faces without even trying to, like, oh, my God, I look so ugly or whatever. And I'm like, it's good. <laughs> You're working. <laughs> um, but uh, normally it's just, like, their energy. Like, I never, like, just hi- get a client and then have them PR. Like, I, I usually just build up and then we PR. So I already get a, a sense of, like, their limits. Um, and then based on, like, their form on how well they squatted or bench press, I'm like, oh, you can do more. But if they, like, really struggle, then it's obviously, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, feel like, like I feel like as a trainer, you get this uh, this eye for judgment. So, like, when I pit someone through a set, I'm looking at their face. I'm looking at their form. Yep. I'm looking at just how they treat the weight. And that tells me um, if they can go up or not. And, like, yeah. 
I've been doing it for a while. So like, I, I'm pretty good at guessing. And so it comes like second, secondhand nature to me. But like, yes. those are the cues that I use. Like you just get really good at reading people. Um, yeah. And that's how you know if they're ready or not. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, uh, uh, I where I'm at currently in my, uh, so I tore my meniscus again. I think this is the third time or fourth. I don't know. Um, doing like really kind of what I thought were simple things. Like I, it doesn't never like gets hurt right away. It's always like after I'm done, I'm like, Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I seen it like, I am still trying to push myself cause I love, I don't know, love that masochistic pain, I guess. Mm. Um, but oh man, the injuries are annoying. Like I've not been able to work out my lower body for like a week, and it's just Eesh. yeah. Um, like when I squat down with no weight, it it hurts right now. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to like I feel myself like getting older, and I'm trying to hit those goals that I've set for myself a long time ago. Um, like I'm not satisfied. I also see folks who are much older than me, you know, plus 15 years or whatever, and they look phenomenal. So I'm like, I know it's, it's possible. I know it's achievable. And I'm just trying to like personally figure out how much Goggins I need in my life and how much, uh, how much brain. (laughs) Well, uh, speaking on age and fitness, um, this question is posed to Dre and then we can throw it to Mike too. Um, Has your, so usually if you're into fitness, you have some goal. Like you're like, Oh, I really like being strong or I really like doing this. Has your end goal or just your pie in the sky changed as you aged? Like for me, I love strength, but I know that when I get to a certain age, like trying to hit like a 600 pound squat may not be the most realistic or the, the most beneficial thing I can do. So like I, I, alter my pie in the sky a little bit i still want strength but yeah. it doesn't have to be 600 pounds and plus um so like has your pie in the sky changed as you age or do you feel like it will it definitely has uh like uh for me personally i i don't squat more than 225 i work on reps mm-hmm. so um because of my knee i don't want to blow it out yes. and, and have anything so like i'll just five sets of 20 or something like that. But like my max is 225, no matter what I just told Mm -hmm. myself, it's not even worth it. Um, So for me right now, I'm more into hybrid, you know, like a combination of running endurance and strength. And a lot of the fitness competitions I do require that it's run and then do sled push, Uh, run and then sled pull, run and then ski, run then Mm -hmm. uh, rows. So uh, that's kind of like my bar, like, every probably like twice a month I do those compositions and then I just like reflect okay I did an hour and 15 then I did an hour and 20 then um I ate like shit that week you know what I'm saying like I've been training more of this so uh I think high rocks is kind of like my bar just where where I rank and how I do like am I dead afterwards am I like laughing and having a good time ready to party afterwards am I super sore um but i just like i said i want to be you know just fit i want to be able to run with my 16 year old i want daughter or son i want to be able to you know go on hiking trips as a family unit you know what i'm saying yes i don't want to yeah, yeah that, that's kind of like my mindset i just want to be ability an active, and endurance act, yeah. yeah active family i don't i don't care about the prs or anything like that i just want to be able to keep up uh, yeah so like i like i've been going in my training career i feel like i've gone through this metamorphosis where like in the beginning it was just like hey come in lift some weights dumbbell curls stuff like that and that is peak um fitness and then as i age in my training career i'm like wait things like mobility things like being able to run down the street those are equally as important like you can look visually pleasing but Mm -hmm. still not be in shape Um, And so I've been working on those smaller things like, hey, we're not just going to throw a bar on your back and make you squat like that's important, too. But like, what else can I do to prep you for life? What gives you the best? What makes you battle ready, basically, for for life, the stresses of life? I love that. Yeah. So uh, I think this is probably a good point to kind of wrap up. I promised Ray that we keep this under an hour and a half. So, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) yeah. uh, Dre, what are you, uh, man, what are you up to? Like, I guess, like, I mean, you're welcome to, like, plug shit or just talk about whatever, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's the next state you're jumping in? That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to um, Tampa next weekend, but I've already jumped there. My old college buddy, two of my college teammates, they live in uh, Tampa, and 
We're just going to link up, goof off. Um, I'm going to jump there, but I've already jumped in Florida. My next actual state is Louisiana. <clears throat> My birthday's next month, so I'm going from Louisiana all the way to Florida, doing like a road trip and hitting those bottom five states. Um, that will put me at 20. And then, um, you know, I've been doing 10 a year. I did 10 last year, and my goal is 10 this year, and then just keep doing that until I get all 50. Um, I'm really – I have my eyes set on next summer. I'm doing New England, so I'm going to New York and doing all those little states all the way to Pennsylvania. So that, that's going to be my big project for next year. Um, pass by Philly. Say hi to Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll hit you up. If you want to go skydiving, let's go. <laughs> um but yeah i just you know just building you know residual income and just making sure that my my health is on point and i'm giving the clients uh giving my clients the results they need and then they just keep renewing or referring and then uh life's good (laughs) that's like man happy happy upcoming birthday dude it it is yes it is it is amazing that just the, the idea i'm like I'm trying to hit all 50 states just to visit, maybe do, yeah. you know, experience them and whatnot. Skydiving out of all 50 states sounds like a, sounds like a dream. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I got to work on my fear. I really got to work on my fear <laughs> for, especially when it comes to like heights and things like that. Uh, I came in to try to learn how to do a backflip with Dre and I, and I felt like I got the visualization down and, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the basic thing. And I did like jump into the pit once or twice but like it wasn't getting like there's just this like oh there's tingles so mm-hmm. uh it is uh inspiring and something to like to you know so yeah thanks Jerry. thanks for being our first guest yeah no problem no problem i love love, love this love what you guys are doing yes right. thank you thank you so uh brent you if you got something you close this out all right this has been another podcast of Entropy. Uh, I want to thank Dre for coming on and adding to the chaos, talking about everything and anything. Um, hope, hope you guys, you guys enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. And, and yeah. yeah. All right. Take care, y'all. Take care. Take care. Take care.